This is Skip Hall welcoming you to Heart of the Athlete, brought to you by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring athletes, coaches, and sports personalities of the Treasure Valley. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local Fellowship of Christian Athlete uh, radio show here on 94.1 FM here at KBXL. And uh, I'm Ken Lewis. I'm the director for FCA here in Idaho. And with me in the studio is our co-host, Pablo Moreno. Good morning, Ken. It's great to have you in here, Pablo. And uh, Pablo's our director for FCA in Ada County. So always great to be with you, Pablo. And uh, we are super blessed this morning, aren't we? We've got Corey Bell. Yeah, excited to hear from Corey this morning. That's right. to be here. Former Boise State football player, and he's a homegrown, hometown, uh, hometown boy, yeah. man now, <laughs> from <laughs> Capitol High School. <laughs> and uh, so we're so excited about having you in the studio this morning, Corey, and uh, uh, we're going to uh, just have a great time. And, and folks, we want to thank KBXL for allowing uh, the show to be on the air, and we appreciate their support, as well as Mike Verdon, Auto and RV Sales there on uh on Fairview there near the Eagle Road. And uh, appreciate Mike. He, uh, uh, former Boise State quarterback, and uh, uh, appreciate their support of FCA and this program. And now Mike's the new head football coach at uh, Meridian High. He, he was a head coach there, won a state championship uh, about 10 years ago, and now he's back in the saddle as the head coach at Meridian. So we appreciate Verdon Auto Sales and their support. Also, Coach Skip Hall, Hall & Associates. Um, if you have uh, uh, any any questions about corporate trust or uh, uh, any uh, investment planning, things like that. Wealth management uh, services is what they do. If you have any questions about that, you can get in touch with them here at the office, uh, at KBXL's office here. And of course, Coach Hall was a former Boy State football coach. And uh, and then Jim's well drilling. If you've got a piece of property or you've, you've got some issues with your well, Jim's a great guy, does awesome work, and great men of God that will do you a great job on your well. And off an office up in, in McCall and Boise, and then also Awakenings Coffee House, and they're at the northwest corner of Overland and Five Mile. We appreciate the support of their support as well. So, well, Corey, it's great to have you on the on the program, and I know we're um, excited about uh, been wanting to get you on here for a while. And um, you uh, now, when did you graduate from Boise State? I graduated from Boise State in 2015. Okay. Yep. So your last football game was that Fiesta Bowl. Yep, the 2014 Fiesta Bowl against Arizona. That's right. Fiesta Bowl champion sitting in the studio <laughs> here with us. Well, no better way to go out. Yeah. Well, um, you know, going down through your your stats, you, you were a two-time academic All-American. Is that right? Um, academic Mount, All-Mountain West. All-Mountain West. Wish All-American, All-Mountain, but okay. All-Mountain West. Can't <laughs> All-Mountain <claim that>. West. <laughs> and then also <laughs> multiple starts, even going back to your freshman year, mm-hmm. um, uh, playing in almost every game from your freshman year all the way through your senior season. Mm-hmm. And uh, just an incredible uh, player on that defense. And uh, uh, it was just so fun to watch you play, just the passion you played with. And uh, h- how was that, you know, being there at Boise State? And uh, did you redshirt there? No. So that, I mean, the whole my whole story with Boise State is a God thing. Uh, I came in actually out of high school it actually starts in high school because i was supposed to gray shirt and for people that don't know what gray shirting means it means that basically you get brought onto the team but you're not on the team until the spring semester so you don't count against their scholarship numbers so the plan for me originally was that i was supposed to gray shirt and join the team spring of what ended up being my freshman year and then i would probably end up red shirting so it would have been two full years before i would have ended up playing 
Um, so my story really went from what I thought was going to be a slow-moving process to about as quick as it could possibly be. So it could have been a six-year process? It could have been a six-year process. Whoa. So you look at some of the other guys that have gray-shirted, recognizable names would be like Kyle Ifa, mm-hmm. um, and you see Kellen Moore you know, red-shirted. Some of those, yeah, he well, but he red-shirted. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I was coming into that expecting a little bit longer process, and uh, God had an entirely different idea for me. Right. Yeah. Well, and usually that gray shirt and that red shirt year is, uh, you know, getting used to college, the, yeah. the academic schedule, the schedule of the workouts, the, the 5 a.m. lifts and all those yeah. things and, and conditioning as well as gaining weight and getting stronger. Yeah. And you just you went straight in as a true freshman. Yeah, well, I will say this, though. I was built about the same way coming out of high school as I am now, and a lot of of that can be attributed to. We actually did have a really awesome weight program at Capitol um, and got to spend a lot of time with those coaches, and they really prepared us well. Um, And and I was also a year older than most kids coming out of high school, so I think physically I had just about – It definitely helps. Yeah, it did help. I gained 23 pounds between my junior and senior year of high school. (laughs) So that probably made a big difference in me being prepared and ready to come in and physically be ready for um, that next level of competition. Well, you had an opportunity to be recruited by, you know, Chris Peterson's staff Uh and then play for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, they thought enough of you to put you in the mix your true freshman year, and they needed you on defense. They needed your skills. And then you had an opportunity to play for Coach Harson his first uh-huh. year. What was that like, playing for those two, those two coaching staffs and those, guys, and those head coaches? It, it was really, really an awesome experience. And I think each one of those staffs brings a little bit different dynamic to the game. But I think what they both do is they both focus on really trying to build a man first and uh, football second, I know. Um, so I had Coach Gregory. was fortunate enough to have him for three years in my time at Boise State. And we would have a full, you know, fall camp. You come in, it's you're just gonna get basically grinded out. And I remember our first three or four meetings with Gregory were all spent. Rather than having our position specific work, it was always spent on some different things he had picked up during the off season where you could um, basically improve people and becoming men. So our first our first three position meetings with Gregory would always be about becoming a, a better man. Um, and I think he kind of laid that foundation that that was more important important than football. Uh, so he always wanted to make sure we got that in first, and then we'd get to football afterwards. Wow! Yeah, I know that uh, I had lunch with Coach Gregory a few times, and uh-huh. he used to he talked about his he had some trips that he would take. Did yep. you ever get a chance to go on any of those trips? Yeah, I actually went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic with Coach Gregory, um, my best friend Dylan Lucart, and then also Faraji Wright. And I think Ebo went with us as well. But, yeah, that was one of the, the coolest things. It was my freshman year, very immature Christian, getting the opportunity to go down to the Dominican Republic and see. Um, with your position coach. Exactly. And, and get, to, get to experience things that I had never really dreamed of and see people with nothing have what a true faith looks like yeah. and just true joy. And we're up here struggling with all Did the you- things we have. Did you have some other athletes there? Was it from Stanford and Cal? Is that what it was? Where were they from? I don't remember. Um, We had a few other Boise State students Uh um, that were in, I think, like the construction, engineering, or something like that. Um, And then... Well-rounded group. Well, I I know their names. I can't remember what what area they were from. But then I think the other group was from Florida. Okay. Um, And maybe California as well. That's great. Yeah. But no, it was was a really cool experience. 
So then, uh, obviously, it was a shock to a lot of fans. You know, Coach Pete leaving there in December, uh -huh. right before that, uh, the bowl game in the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, you guys went out there and yeah. uh, played um, Oregon State. Oregon yeah. State, and then uh, Coach Harson gets named as the coach. What was that like for you? And then going through that spring, and then playing that senior year, and then going to that Fiesta Bowl. What was that like for you as an athlete? I think that was truly just an opportunity for all of us as athletes to grow. Um, I think that anytime you, you get into a comfort zone, it's easy to kind of become complacent and to sit back and you're used to what's happening. You're used to the process. You've had Coach Pete for three years, so you're used to these position coaches and how they do things. Um, so I think it was easy for that, and I think it was actually really good. Coach Pete says this when he was leaving. He said that, you know, when people get so used to things, they become comfortable, they become complacent, they don't want to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I think, you know, all of us as athletes are actually really happy for him to get his opportunity to go grow somewhere else and go go, basically get to go work on other people's lives the way that he had already worked on ours. Um, and then I think it was awesome for us to get that new perspective as well with Coach Harson coming in with all this fresh energy um, – brought a lot of new staff and a lot of people that had a lot of ties to Boise State. You think of like the coach Pittman's, our strength coach. I mean, that guy really does just bleed um, BSU. And so you get these guys coming back and they've been gone for a little while and they're just fired up. He's from so, Melba. He's yeah, a Melba guy. Melba, Idaho. Melba wow. High School. He said back in the day, he used to, you know, before all the regulations, he'd take the freshmen out there to work on the farm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it was, it was really quite the experience. Um, Obviously, there's ups and downs with, with a new staff coming in and when you're used to something else, but uh, obviously ended up working out pretty well for us and uh, was, was quite the experience to get to learn from two different coaching styles. That's awesome. Yeah, and you get to play in that festival. You guys, yep. festival champs, yep. and that was a great game against Arizona. You guys got out on them, you know, pretty ahead of them, and then you guys, you guys <laughs> saved the lead there. And wanted to make sure it stayed interesting, right? And then that, I know when you've spoke at junior highs and high schools in the NNU and C of I, when you've shared your testimony over mm -hmm. there, I've uh, shared that. I, I fast forward in the game to that little clip where. Uh, that that one receiver catches that ball and you you you, you hit him. You make sure he's down because if that kid stays on top or does a little yeah. pirouette and turns on his hand, I mean he could have been off to the races. Yeah, and Arizona might have might have scored there. So yeah, well we actually just saw that happen in the NFL, right? The yeah, uh, right. player trying to make the tackle on the Vikings guy and right. went low and missed him, and that's he right. goes down and scores. You had a similar kind of um, hit on that kid, and so. I, I, I know. <laughs> fortunately, my guy was already falling, so it wasn't quite the same. You, but. Fi you finish it. You put the stakes <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, Corey, it's been it's been so cool getting to know you over the years. I mean, it's probably been about four or five years I've known you. Yeah. You came to the, our college group back in the day, and. Uh, uh, I guess the question I had for you is, you know, it's it's been cool seeing your journey. You're you're homegrown. You're from Capital, and and then uh, you go on. What, what was it? River Glen you went to? River Glen. River Glen. Yeah. We're getting ready to start a huddle out there. By the way, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, huddle. Yep, right. River, River Glen. Glen. Yep. And then Capital, and then going to Boise State. Uh, where, at what point in your journey did did you realize that um, that Christ? Im you needed Christ to impact this arena of your life. Like you couldn't compartmentalize like, you know, church weekend or Wednesday nights, yeah. but Lord, if you're not with me in this, at this season of my life at BSU, yeah. I'm not going to make it. Cause I, we know a lot of kids who get overwhelmed with the yeah. pressures and the stressors. When did it, when did your faith become real in, in regards to, f to f the field and football? 
And, and I'll just preface by saying I don't think you ever stop realizing that you need God in different areas of your right. life. I think it's easy to be, you know, I can have God here, but I don't want him over here. Um, and so I think I continue to learn that daily. But for me, it really happened in between my senior year and then start of my sophomore year. So kind of that summer in between moving in um, to that sophomore year of college. So uh, in high school, I'd always really, you know, I think I had a confident front, but a lot of it was insecurity. You know, I had always struggled with some arrogance and some pride and some problems like that. And I think that um, that caused me to really have my identity be within within football. And so that put a lot of pressure on myself, which caused me to struggle with nervousness and worry. So I always kind of joke with people that while I was in high school, I would I would love practice. I love the, the, the weekly practices, but absolutely hated game day because of the amount of pressure and stress I had on myself. So I remember having the prayer back then of like, God, just get me through this game day so I can go back to having fun um, and and enjoying this because, you know, it's supposed to be enjoyed. Um, Moving into kind of my freshman year of college, I was fortunate enough to go on that mission trip. Um, And actually, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I think I was still struggling with some of that pride and some of that insecurity and all that. And this is after my freshman year. And uh, actually, Dylan Lucart calls me out about it on the mission trip. And so we're down there and this is, you know, my best friend is calling me out and it's basically, you know, we ended up having a two two, like two hour conversation up in our room um, by ourselves and come back down and like I, I still think of that as a turning point wow. and that's not really something I don't think I've shared a lot but um, he, he kind of called me on it my freshman year of college and I think that was a big moment for me so after that mission trip we had already started this bible study uh, Chris Potter um, had started this bible study very small bible study at the time about four or five guys were coming to it but uh, by uh by midsummer that year, it had grown from four to, I think we had a group of like 60 mm. teammates show up to one of these Bible studies. Um, so just that team that year had just been really um, switched their focus and switched their identity was no longer found in football. And, um, and, and it had really taken place for me and because I had I'd seen you know this time of always having the pressure on me and needing to really perform was something I felt had to happen. Um, to now it was, you know, I can give that to God. I can give this burden to God, this nervousness, this stress, this worry to him, and, and he'll take care of me. Um, I always say that, you know, our freshman or our sophomore year, we, we had uh, started that season, we were going to play Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I grew up a giant Big Ten fan. My dad and mom both went to Penn State. My dad walked on at Penn State. Um, so I had always, you know, Big Ten was huge. And so here's this this stage. My freshman year, I played mostly on special teams. So my sophomore year is my first opportunity. I'm going to be playing on defense this game. So this is the biggest stage I've ever been on. There's 90,000 people fit into one of those, into the Big Ten stadiums, Michigan State specifically. But um, we get there, and I just remember there had been such a tremendous transformation in that last year that – we got there and the nervousness and everything that I expected to be there was just gone. Um, and I can honestly wow, say that from that, from that point on, I, I, <laughs> there wasn't nervousness anymore. And I, I kind of wonder sometimes like, is it good that I don't have nervousness? Like yeah. people have always told me a little nerves can help. Yeah. Um, but I just remember, uh, you know, my hope, my, my confidence, everything had changed. It was no longer that I needed to perform, but, um, now that this was God's opportunity to, to work through me and what I was doing at the time, um, so I just remember hearing Aaron Schuess, the song, My Hope Is In You, was just on repeat in my head that day. And I remember just no nerves and just the tremendous freedom you gained and the confidence you have when your identity is in something much bigger than yourself. 
That's awesome. Yeah. It's so great to come to a point when you, you're not defined by who you are, but you're defined by whose you are. You're not defined by your stats, you know, what people say about you. But whose are you? You're, you're a son of God, you know, and that, don't, that won't change whether you win or lose or whether you get that tackle or not or whether you, you know, poor guy from, you know, the, the Minnesota Miracle missed yeah. that tackle. I mean, that's, I mean, that's got to still weigh on his heart, you yeah. know. Like, but with Christ, you can shake it. I mean, it hurts, right? But you can shake it off, and you, it's not the end of the world. Um, I often hear you say a quote, um, the lifetime of an opportunity. Yeah, so I actually, um, my freshman year uh, going – it was actually before we played Georgia in the Atlanta Dome. I wasn't playing, but I had gotten to travel. Um, and, yeah, we had chapel, and Pastor Mark Thornton hit us with a quote that, you know, he was probably trying to just get us ready for the game, but that has stuck with me the rest of my life. And it's um, opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's a lot of words in there, but to me it's just saying, hey, you never get this moment back, this second, whatever opportunity you're in, this moment of life. This is something you're only going to get now, and who knows when you'll get an opportunity like this again. That's right. That's good. I know last night we had our uh, BSUFCA huddle, um, and we were going through a, a series that Tim Tebow put out, like a four-week yeah. four video series, and he, he talks about maximizing the opportunities. And how, when he was in college, he, he used to put a verse under his eye, Philippians four thirteen, mm-hmm. but then he and then the championship game um, when they won that game he felt like God told him to change the verse to John three sixteen, mm-hmm. and he, it was something small right and yeah. he said that first coach um, Urban Meyer was like we can't do that Philippians four thirteen God is here he's like no uh, coach like, no superstitious it, and that's what he said if he said he was very superstitious you know yeah. but he said when he changed that verse like I mean he, he didn't know it after the fact he was just trying to be obedient to God right yeah. he wasn't trying to he's just okay Lord and. It was Googled 95 million times. Yeah. You know, he maximized that opportunity. That. Yeah, it's a good video. So It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, Corey, what about, uh, has there been a passage of scripture or a verse that's maybe your life verse or maybe something God's really kind of maybe parked you in lately that, uh, that uh, you just felt like the Lord's really speaking to you and, yeah. and been helping you through? I think there's, I think there's two, and I think – when I look at these two verses or two little series of verses, the first one is for when I'm going through a time that is not so easy and we're maybe getting kind of punched in the mouth type of feel by life and you're not sure why it's going on. Um, and it's actually a verse my dad gave me um, my senior year when a little injury happened that didn't really end up speaking to me till later on, but the, it was just James 1, 2 through 3, which says, Consider it pure joy when you go through times of trials and tribulation. Uh, for these times of trial and tribulation are building perseverance in your faith. Um, and that was just such a big, a big verse to me. And it's kind of like one of those things where when I'm in a moment of wanting to get down on, you know, this happened and this stinks, you know, are we really able to consider it pure joy when we're going through those growing moments? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that I really do see is just a life verse, uh, because I don't think that there's ever a time as a Christian that you can look at yourself and say, you know, I've made it. Uh, there's a reason that we need grace and uh, it's it's because we're never going to be perfect and I really do think that Philippians 3 12 through 14 is kind of perfect to sum up what a Christian's life should be and it says that not that I have already obtained all this but I press on to take hold of Mm -hmm. that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straighting towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, Mm. And I just really do feel like that's what we're called to do. I mean, Grace says that 
you're you're forgiven for what is behind you and you're supposed to press forward and that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect in that and that's why we're going to need those new mercies mm-hmm. and new graces every day but um you know the goal is to keep moving keep trusting god and keep pressing forward and trying to find that for which he's called us heavenward yeah yeah, pressing forward in those opportunities that God gives us, like you talked yeah. about earlier. You know, whatever walk of life we're in, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an athlete, a coach, grandma, grandpa, mama, dad, aunt and uncle, yeah. whatever job we do, I mean, God gives us opportunities each and every day. And yeah. and uh, I think, uh, you know, praying for those. You know, I know that, you know, probably we've been praying for those opportunities, haven't we? Just to say, Lord, use us. Give us some divine opportunities. And that, that you would uh you know with coaches and athletes in this ministry with fca well Corey, um we just have a couple minutes left here but i know we uh, uh it's been great to have you on the sh- in the air and the show with us but you you also had an opportunity we had you uh do the closing prayer at the bull breakfast this mm-hmm. last december and that was that was great to have you a part of that and the, that whole program we had about 970 folks there almost a thousand yeah, folks awesome. again awesome central michigan and wyoming and so thank you for being a part of that. Thank, yeah, thank you guys for letting me be a part of that. That was a pretty special day. Cool having your dad there too. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so thanks for being in there. So, yeah. Well, um, Pablo, we've got some FCA uh, camps coming up this summer, don't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the folks about what's coming up? Yeah, we're excited. Um, registration is officially open on fcaidaho.org for our Northwest FCA summer camp, sport camp. And the dates are June 25th to the 29th. So that's a Monday through Friday. And uh, we'll be at NNU. And the kids will be st- will be st- stayed uh, staying the week at NNU. And uh, if you haven't experienced our summer camp, it's an amazing opportunity to be challenged both physically and spiritually and, and even emotionally, mentally, as you the Lord just works in your life in all those, all those areas. The students will be partnered with 60 collegiate athletes. Um, if you're a college, current college athlete and you love the Lord and you love sports and you love investing in the next generation, registration is also um, open for you to sign up to be a huddle leader at camp. And uh, that's also an amazing experience for college students where they get poured into and then they pour out into these kids. That's right. We've created a, a second camp. We've created like a camp for college athletes. Haven't that's we? right. So the student, college athletes come on a Friday and we, we have them go through a camp experience till Monday. And then Monday at noon, all the campers come in, and, and then the kids, uh, college students, help run the camp for the week. But um, amazing. We have about 400 students from the Northwest come out. Um, awesome worship uh, sessions in the evening. Uh, we're ho- finalizing our speakers right now, so hopefully we'll know soon. But um, it's just an amazing experience um, for the summer so summertime. Right. We've got some great coaches there, some great college and high school coaches. And then, it, you know, Corey, it would be great to have you come out, even if it's just an afternoon mm-hmm. or one of those days to, to help, help in the football. I yeah. mean, think about it. Local, you know, high school football player or junior high football player will be able to spend three hours with Corey Bell on some defensive back um, <laughs> strategies, this and that, maybe a couple little secrets in there. I mean, that that's the kind of folks that we bring in. That's the kind of coaches we bring in, those kind of players. And uh, so we're hoping to get Richie to come out, Richie Brockle, and get, maybe get Corey Bell out there. And, and But we've got, got some, some great coaches already that come out. But these are the kind of folks that we bring and get in front of these athletes. So it's not just a spiritual camp, like you were saying, but it's a great sport camp too. So... Um, so, folks, fcaidaho.org. 
you can get all the information there and there's some videos on there too you can, and then you can get in contact with us at that same website so well Corey, it's been a blessing from the lord thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning and so thank you yeah. so much thank you guys for having me again it was it's awesome always anytime awesome well folks have a great day god bless